are you a ghost too? I'm the ghost with the most, babe. You know, you look like somebody I can relate to. Maybe you could, maybe you could help me get out of here, you know, because I got to tell you, this, uh, this death thing, it's just too creepy. <laughs> Scotch on the rocks, please. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt, Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps, maybe a Glengow, any Glen. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. Let's move on to. Uh... Beetlejuice and the Seventh Sign, which um, I don't think I had uh, heard necessarily of the Seventh Sign. And actually, looking at the uh, box art, I don't even know if this is one that would have grabbed me in the old video store days. Like, I guess like the horror thriller section. It's pretty, pretty, pretty dull, pretty dull generic. cover and uh, truth in advertising. From my experience with this movie, <laughs> I. A lot of looking at my phone. A lot of looking, wondering when this was going to end. Uh, and the here's the sad thing. You know, for this podcast, we're looking at a film that is famous in a certain regard. Either it made a lot of money or it was critically well received. Uh, Beetlejuice was actually the one I was not looking forward to rewatching because I think this is one of the early ones. That late '80s time period, I burnt this one up in another Tim Burton film. That first Batman with Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. I remember watching mm-hmm. these on VHS repeatedly. So like yeah. Beetlejuice watching it again as an adult, I was just like, yeah, I've seen this a hundred times as a kid. I don't know if I really need to watch it, but I will. Um, and thank God for that because <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I need something, you know, with the seventh sign to, uh, to get my jollies off. And, uh, maybe I actually liked it even more now, but yeah, for me, Beetlejuice is a true classic. So, uh, both these films coming out, uh, I believe it was March 30th, 1988, although I've got Seventh Son on April Fool's Day, so same weekend. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, before we started this, uh, Jared, very endearing co-host here, he said he had some words for me on making him watch Seventh Son, so... <laughs> Have it, it took me it took me three days to finish it like i started on <laughs> oh Friday. jerry that's even worse man you just you know like you a band-aid that band-aid yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I do like 25 minutes it's like i got I, i've had enough i gotta I got go go do i gotta do anything other than watch the seventh sign for another 25 minutes like it like friday saturday or maybe it was thursday friday saturday like is so help me god like it wasn't even like it was like nothing obviously like that terrible with it but it's just so boring beyond boring that's what josh said the poster is generic it's not even you know the last one we talked about was we, we all really love bad boys which was like sort of trashy 80s highly mm. entertaining this could have been very trashy you're, you're talking yeah, about like the apocalypse their visions being had it's that, got that sort of rosemary's baby element of this pregnant woman who can see things that's gonna happen in the future and weird disasters all over the world and it just feels like you're constantly cutting to a boring European dude <laughs> going, yes, this will happen. <laughs> <laughs> to have such disasters, like they didn't even act, they weren't that on a grand scale. And I know you had, 
you know, limitations in the eighties to display biblical disasters. But even then it's like, yeah, we're going to go down uh, the street, dump a couple of buckets of ice on you as you're running through the street, <laughs> fall down. It'll be okay. All this right. is a uh, not deep impact. This is not, uh, this yeah, ain't no end of days. No, no end of days. Oh man. I was thinking Maybe. about that. Like as I was watching this, I'm like, we got to do end of days for this podcast. I was like, is the 20 year anniversary coming up? I believe it is. We got to do end of days. Can't wait. Can't wait. I guess that's one the one area I would have to disagree with Jared on though was uh, that was the that was the one kudos mark I was giving the movie was I felt like some of the visuals given when it was made were pretty compelling as far as just the like the the different disasters that were happening uh, I felt like. Because it, it appeared they were using more practical effects. Not, I don't think this was hardly when CGI was really being used that that much. That was the one thing I was kind of given. I was like, well, I was like, this is kind of visually compelling. I just wish there was a, an actual story <laughs> to go along with it. But uh, I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to watch it again to see if maybe I was just being overly optimistic about that or not. But I don't really want to watch it again, so I guess I'll never know. <laughs> It'll just be a mystery, and I'll be better off. Uh, Jerry, yeah. what what is the runtime? I don't usually go over this, but what is the runtime on Seventh Sign? Ninety three minutes. Man, uh, man, it does not feel like a ninety three. <laughs> it is the longest ninety three minutes of your life if you choose to go back and watch. You know, it. I, I remember like you know I, that's one thing I gauge which movie I'm going to watch at a certain time because sometimes I need a, a shorter movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, oh, this will be a nice breeze. Get this one it's out of the way real quick. And, and man, it was. It was yeah, a, the runtime can uh, turn on you because I think I was looking ahead to some other stuff we're going to record, and I saw like ninety three minutes, ninety five minutes. I'm like, great, easy week. Uh, not always the case. And uh, I don't want to pick on her too much. I don't think uh, Demi Moore has ever been accused of being Meryl Streep. Um, but you're at that one time. <laughs> just for our uh, listeners here, Josh just raises eyebrows. <laughs> I'm assuming he was doing his impression of Burt Reynolds from Strip Tease with Vaseline in his cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah. Um, Another film coming to sober cinema when its its anniversary comes up. Um, Here she is playing the straight man that I guess is, and I mentioned Rosemary's Baby. We've seen a lot of movies like this where a woman has visions. I mean, that the kids would call it like gaslighting where it's like, you know, she's losing her mind and no one believes her. Mm -hmm. Uh, The strange thing with this one is she goes around and pretty much people are kind of in the know. I mean, her husband, not so much, but like when she's dealing with like church officials, uh, they kind of quickly go over what it is, and then it's like revealed that they're <laughs> they're kind of cool hmm. with it. They're cool. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds and, like you got a <laughs> yeah, the apocalypse. Yeah, we've been waiting for that one, so get ready to have our barbecue here <laughs> for that to happen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which I think was meant to be like sort of a scary twist, but it just kind of feels. I don't know. The inevitability of it is not terrifying here. It just feels like there's inaction throughout the movie. It feels like no one's doing anything. Uh, and I guess this is going to be a slight spoiler, uh, but you know, the kind of the only connection other than the, the release dates here on these two is that they both involve new tenants coming in, which, so I just read that sort of quick little summary where it's like to me more new person comes to like rent their like guest house or room. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Oh, Beetlejuice, similar thing. You have a battle between this deceased couple who want to protect and haunt their, their house and get rid of these annoying assholes that come in from the big city. But that's over with pretty quickly. As far as like, I thought it was going to be like almost the whole time, 
Rosemary's baby-like. But no, it's pretty quickly established. This dude, this tenant, uh, he's Jesus. And yeah. um, <laughs> Jesus, I never saw Jesus myself as like a guy who could have been one of the <laughs> assassins from Zoolander. <laughs> like, <one> of, <laughs> but that's... <laughs> I mean, he is just blank. He doesn't seem that intelligent. He's got the accent. He's got the looks of a male model. Really, really liked that David Bowie character he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you just have all around, you know, Jared referenced in today's. In today's is over the top. The devil's over the mm-hmm. top. Arnold's over the top. Here, God, everyone is so static as far as they just nod their heads like, yep, I guess it's going to happen. Uh, and it's tied into this weird thing with her husband is defending this kid who's... Oh, boy. He was... He's, <laughs> <laughs> Say it, Mike. Say I it. was like... It. Say it. <laughs> well, I was trying to find my words as far as what like... What young boy have going on? Explain <laughs> what was his ailment. Well, his, his ailment apparently is that he's an innocent angel who <laughs> murdered <laughs> murdered his parents. Uh, for, you know, <laughs> having the gall to be related and to have intercourse <laughs> and breathe out a child. <laughs> Jack, can we, can we talk a minute? Yes. Listen, Penny's going to help me prepare a new appeal, but we're going to need your help. I told you I do not go to hospital. Jimmy, I can't help you unless you let me. I just want you to talk to her. Tell her what happened, that's all. No hospital. Listen, Jimmy, this is important. If you go to the hospital, the doctors may find you incompetent. Then I can get the court to reconsider your case. Otherwise, you don't have anything. I know what is right and I know what is wrong. I did nothing wrong. Jimmy, you admitted killing your parents. It was not wrong. It was the law of God. Leviticus. Isn't murder a crime too in the eyes of God? It is not murder to punish the guilty. Insist may be against the law of God, but it's the law of California that we're dealing with. And they sentenced you to the gas chamber. Do you want to die? No. Well, then go to the hospital and let the doctor see if you knew what you were doing. Dad says I did a crime. Dad, it was wrong. What? If it's going to save your life, then say you're wrong. What, what is going to matter? And that is the God. Jimmy can't believe they made me. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow that is tied into the apocalypse here. <clears throat> and I did admit that I had to I had to go back a couple times on the VLC player and be like, what now? What? <laughs> Why are we talking to again? this young man again? Because he's making me uncomfortable with his family history of how he came to be. Uh, I mean, this is not, you know, uh, this is not Simon Birch here. This is not an endearing story of this young man's life. No, he's got some problems, yeah. <laughs> one, could say, one could say that there's some really truly haunting images that could come from that. He's really down on his luck. <laughs> <laughs> so Beetlejuice is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd have a good old time with this kid. <laughs> Letting him ride the sandworms. <laughs> Turn that frown upside down. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, like this. 
Boy, we're going to lose some followers, I do believe. Uh, we don't have that many. The ones we do are say- <laughs> disturbed people anyway. Shout out to Hyra of the True Bromance Film Podcast. <laughs> oh, keep that streak alive and please give us some money. Um, Jimmy, yeah. I Cairo. <laughs> so uh, I already stated that Beetlejuice, which is the film that probably anyone listening has seen and would I, I highly recommend that you would want to see over the seventh sign. Um, what about what about you two? Is this a childhood favorite like it was uh, for me? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That Jared? was a. Well, I wouldn't say childhood. I would say late teens because, again, demons and dead people, ghosts and ghouls. It was a uh, barred movie from the house. So, but. Yeah, it's 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 a classic, of course. It was part of that. uh <laughs> Michael Michael Keaton Renaissance, you know, it was just everything was he did was gold during that time, and uh, I mean, it, it's a good smart movie regardless. It, it's a, it's a fun premise, and so I, I won't take that away from the film. But I mean, it is completely sold on his performance. I mean, he just, he's just a ton of fun, you know, every time he's on screen. So uh, that that's going to be one of those performances I think that goes down as a you know, timeless one. You know, one thing that really appealed to me watching it as an adult, as opposed to a kid, is you know I, I liked the Beetlejuice character as far as <clears throat> he's brash and you know just says whatever he. You know, if you're watching him, and they did turn this into a cartoon series, which I also watched as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's basically a cartoon character as far as what he can do physically and transform himself. Uh, watching it as an adult, I really, I think I probably got more out of him being tasked with getting rid of these like New York city assholes because and it, they're very broad characters. I mean, it, it's a Tim Burton movie, so it's not, nothing's really that subtle here, but there's a kind of a subtle point where you have the Alec Baldwin and Gene Davis characters who are the former owners of this house and they died in an unfortunate accident with a dog and a bridge. Uh, and they're trying to protect basically where they're going to spend, I guess the rest of their days, like in their home. And yeah, it's interesting because initially the characters, they don't even really react to death that badly until other people. It's like they all, they kind of have their own little slice of paradise. It's like, well, they're just going to mm-hmm. live together in their, their dream house and they're happy with each other. And then you bring these jerks in from the city with their horrible taste and <laughs> what they want to do with that, that place is, you know, basically what they want to turn that town into a, it's like a, it's a wonderful life, like Pottersville. They they want to turn that whole thing into that sort of nightmare scenario where it's just people not actually living there, but just coming there for like a summer home or a week or so, almost making fun of the culture. Right. And when they actually try to haunt these people, they're so jaded that they're not even terrified that ghosts are there and that can possess <laughs> them. They just see it as a marketing opportunity. And so watching, it's an as, amusement a, park. watching it as an adult, like Beetlejuice, when he actually comes out and may possibly kill these people <laughs> you're i don't know as an adult i'm like i'm not seeing it as like he's having playing with them or having fun i'm seeing it as justice has come to town <laughs> <laughs> and it's time to kill these redheaded people and i guess <laughs> marry off winona Ryder because she's better off this way she needs to get away from her parents and become yeah. a child bride all right that might be the one area that's still a little problematic on the beetlejuice master plan but <laughs> <laughs> you know some eggs need to be broken here <laughs> yeah yeah that's 
uh, that's definitely part of the enjoyment, I think, of Beetlejuice, is that there is that dark edge to it where it's like you can see that Beetlejuice continuously starts to cross that line, but because you hate these people so much, you're okay with it. You're like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm on board for most of this. It's, but it's funny criticism that I had with Seventh Sign because I was just saying that one of the biggest issues with that film, which is a thriller, I guess, uh, about the apocalypse, is that everyone's kind of cool with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> about time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, and that is so problematic in different ways because I'll say this as a as a religious person, as a Christian, that, uh, you know, we don't believe the apocalypse is going to happen quite like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really sit around defining what the apocalypse is going to be anyways, but... I'm playing a uh, clip right now. I just want you to know, because I don't want to catch you off guard if you listen to it. I'm playing a clip right now of Ben Stiller <laughs> with his water commercial, The Essence of Witness, because <laughs> that is the, the version of Jesus here in this film. <laughs> well it, it's just it it always um kind of tickles me that the idea of even in a cinematic world a movie that if you're saying that there's an all-powerful god who's saying like okay i'm gonna end time as we know it uh they always try to play up like oh but there's a loophole that god didn't think about <laughs> but this me more the me more is gonna come and expose it and stop the stop the apocalypse. Didn't find that believable, like that. did you? It's just a ridiculous premise. It's just ridiculous. It's to, like a, I don't know, Josh. It's like out. the uh, the the stories, the legends of like the you know the mama bears lifting a car off their kids. You know, this <laughs> pregnant lady, she's got superpowers that Jesus can't even understand. Mm-hmm. She just yeah. <laughs> I said no, God. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Is there any redeeming factor other than Jimmy for either one of you? <laughs> don't bring Jimmy back up, man. I don't want to be looking clips of the seventh son, Jimmy. You too. <laughs> no hospital, Mike. And I don't really feel like we're popular enough, and nor do we deserve it, that people are going to be like, oh, well, sober cinema's covered in the seventh son. I guess I need to get around to that one so I can understand their commentary. <laughs> Jimmy has something to tell you, mommy and daddy. <laughs> I I don't know as far as like, you know, this is one of those things where it's like with Beetlejuice, I can't even question like that. It is like <clears throat> such a classic. Like I watch it again and I'm like, I totally get it. And also I think it makes me kind of sad because Josh, you were kind of talking about in a way it kind of subverts your expectations as far as, it's a haunt house movie where you're rooting for the ghosts, but they also make such poor decisions as far as it's like, they're the ones that invite the demon into their home. And when they do it, you're also, you're rooting for that to happen. Yeah. Cause you yeah. want these other people gone. Mm-hmm. But then again, Beatles, he's, they never try to make him likable. Even when he's selling himself, he is like the most disgusting, foul used car salesman in the That's ghost world. exactly what I was going to say. He is literally like a used car salesman. Fast talking, uh, say whatever it is you want to hear, you know, until until he gets his edge, until he gets in, and then he's going to do what he wants to do. But it's entertaining the whole time. Jared, you would kind of strike me as a Beetlejuice type in real life. Oh. I'm not going to dig my <laughs> <laughs> I 
say I don't have the uh, I don't have the voice capacity to go into it with you. I mean, I didn't even right have now. like a segue to a scene. I was just stating a fact where I'm like, I see my buddy Jared is. This. I see Jared is Beetlejuice. There is there is a, a a legend that down in Miami they can say nasty Hellcat three times, and uh, Jared will appear. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Hyro's tried it at this point. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Show up and sleep on your couch. <laughs> get get <to> leave. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, everything becomes a gaming chair when Jared's around. He turns every piece of Here we go. Here we go. Chair. <laughs> I do, in fact, have a gaming chair. <laughs> Gonna eat pizza. <laughs> the only the only question I have is uh, with Beetlejuice. I, I think stuff like Seven Sign, it probably won't be. Maybe this is a good thing about Marvel and Disney taking over everything. Is probably the days of something like Seven Sign being like any sort of major wide release is over. Actually, I think I looked and. Uh, Jared, you can give us the numbers here on opening weekend, but I do believe that <laughs> The Seventh Sign opened in more theaters than Beetlejuice. Yep, opened in 256 more theaters than Beetlejuice that yes, week. That's, that's it, just mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. It had it had very respectable uh, gross numbers, actually. Uh, a little bit out of sequence, but Seventh Sign actually pulled down $18.87 million USA. So what you're saying is that the movie audiences were just as dumb back then as what they are today. <laughs> It's a flat circle, as you're fond of saying. Yeah. Well, hold on. What did what did Beale just do though? Uh, seventy three point seven million. All right. So there's some so, some justice know. there. What what about critically, yeah. Jared? Uh, Beetlejuice was eighty two percent, which honestly I think is even a little bit low for such a classic. In <laughs> this my is opinion, coming off our last episode where Bad Boys had what an eighty nine, eighty nine percent for Bad Boys, eighty two percent for Beetlejuice. <laughs> I don't even know what you what you like. I wouldn't call Beetlejuice like my favorite movie of all time or anything, but I don't really know what I would criticize when watching it. It's not like you watch it and you just feel like anything is being done wrong. 92 it, minutes, in and out, gets the yeah. the horror right, uh, comedy's there, very PG. A bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think the critics got it uh, right on the seventh sign as it registered a 19%. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good. Appropriate could even be lower for my taste, but yeah. I think the only thing that I'm going to say was bad about rewatching Beetlejuice is I don't see something like it, something like it ever being made again. I think mm-hmm. it's a strange family film for one. Uh, I think that they would mess up on the, the mesh of the comedy and horror in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I think the only, I'm trying to think of something that even tries to be comedy horror that's aimed at families. The closest thing was probably Ghostbusters back, you know, when it, but that might have even been before Beetlejuice. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that certainly the uh, the first one. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you have stuff like Drag Me to Hell with Sam Raimi, but that's that's going into like the R rated hard R territory. Where yeah, it's, it's yeah. leans more horror. Uh, I I I think if people looked at this now, like as an original concept, they would think this is entirely too strange. And unfortunately, it would probably just be made into some sort of maybe maybe Dan Harmon would do something like this. It would just be like a TV series or it'd be a cartoon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can't see this being made as a feature in 2018. 
Well, you do know that they're actually uh, going forward with Beetlejuice 2, right? Is it the Ghost Hawaiian sequel that was uh, (laughs) talked about? I just went from being disappointed to being intrigued within like three seconds. Like I don't, (laughs) I don't want a sequel. But then Mike said Ghost Hawaiian. You just uh, look at the wiki page. the film spawned an animated television series that Burton produced and planned an unproduced sequel, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. <laughs> I would watch that, I have to say. There, uh, there is a, uh, I don't think Kevin Smith has much of a story, but he was talking about how he came to uh, do Superman Returns in the mid-90s, mm-hmm. the, the failed uh, Nicolas Cage one that Tim Burton uh, was going to direct. And they right. offered him, I think, three different properties to come in and like, write the script for to get back up on their feet and Beale just goes wine was one of them. And unfortunately for us, for those of you who don't know, cause this is going back a few years now, back in like 96, 97, at one point I was commissioned by Warner brothers to write a script for a new Superman movie. And how it came about, I think was that somebody saw Mallrats, somebody at Warner brothers, some studio exec, and was just like watched Brody and, and TS talk about the kryptonite condom. And they were like, this guy seems to know a lot about Superman. <laughs> so I got called in for, for a meeting at Warner Brothers, and um, they uh, said, there's a couple of projects that uh, you can rewrite, because at this point, the script for Chasing Amy had started to circulate, and people were like, oh, he can write after all. So they were like offering me rewrite work. So I went into Warner Brothers and said, we have three projects we could throw your way. I said, all right, what are they? And they said, one is a, a remake of an Outer Limits episode called The Architects of Fear. The second is Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. <laughs> to which I was like, really, didn't we say all we needed to say with the first Beetlejuice? Must we go tropical? <laughs> and the, uh, the third was uh, a project called Superman Reborn, and my, that's what piqued my interest. I was like, Superman? You guys are going to make another Superman movie? And they said, we're thinking about it. I said, can I? I, I would love to do that. And they said, well, that's a long shot. You can't. I can't give you that right here in the room. That has to go through a bunch of people because it's a big Warner Brothers franchise. So I said, well, what do I have to do? What, who's, who's fucking dick do I have to suck to get this job? <laughs> and um, thankfully he didn't say his. Uh, I don't even think he entertained the notion. But that sounds like something I wish Kevin Smith had read or at least talked about <laughs> a little more just so we'd have the story of it. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, Let's put it to, since we're all on Beetlejuice, if they have to go forward with the sequel, Josh, are you saying that you want to see Beetlejuice go Hawaiian? You want to see them make it work? <laughs> yeah, that that would be the only sequel I want to see, is something that absurd. I think you're right. I, <laughs> I don't think you can recapture, like you just said, you can't recapture what that original movie was, and I'm afraid that that's what they would try to do, is just try to rehash a lot of the same. But if they're willing to go absurd and just be like, you know what, we're going to take this somewhere you never thought I, I, I'm game. I, I'd watch that. Dude, are you going Hawaiian I'd, as well? I'd watch it, but I, <clears throat> we have so few examples of a comedy coming out 10, 15, 20 minutes or 20 years later, uh, a, a sequel that's been so bad. You know, Zoolander to Anchorman to all this. Dumber to Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, it's just I, I would fear for it being a flop or a bomb, but I'd still watch it. I, I agree. I'm just saying like. If they're going to attempt one, I think that's more promising is trying to go absurd rather than rehash. Yeah. 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 It would give us more fodder on this podcast if they go be just goes wine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hopefully, maybe that's well, a future episode. 
I think that would work better on either way, even if it was good or it was bad. <laughs> really, uh, anything uh, goes Hawaiian. I think is <laughs> is fitting for at sober cinema. Like, you know, Schindler's List goes Hawaiian <laughs> would make a great future episode of at this, sober it, cinema. We, we, this would be one of those fun hashtag games to get going. Of uh, well, name your favorite sequel goes Hawaiian. Yeah, I think that'll really help us boost the numbers if we just out of context <laughs> go Schindler's List goes Hawaiian hashtag. There, there's some interest there. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you at least watch 15 minutes of Schindler's Let's Go Hawaiian? I'll I t- I tell you what movie I'd watch. Jimmy Goes Hawaiian. Oh, God. I knew it was coming back. I already had it in my head. You knew what was going to happen. Well, no, I was just thinking. I'm, gonna end, I'm just going to end the episode on Jared earnestly saying, there's some interest there. And then just <laughs> soft music playing. <laughs> Stay gold, pony boy. Mm. I'd watch it. Dad says I did a crime. Dad, it was wrong. Well, if it's going to save your life, then say you're wrong. What, what is going to matter? And that is to die!